0: A quick note before we begin, while the National Restaurant Association is committed to allowing restaurants to serve people as safely and quickly as possible, no advice can guarantee prevention of COVID-19 or other respiratory illnesses. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Order Up, the National Restaurant Association podcast for the food service community. Each week, we bring you conversations and context from the challenges facing the restaurant industry today. I'm Carly McBride, Marketing Program Manager at the Association. Together with my colleagues, we'll bring you stories behind the latest restaurant industry research and policy efforts. This week's episode of Order Up is focused on workforce. Joining us is Lee Rogers Slack, Vice President of Recruiting and Development for Waffle House. Lee, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Can you briefly tell us about yourself and your background? I know you've been working in this business virtually your entire life, Um, so tell us about your story.
1: Yes, thank you, and thanks for having me. This is my first time doing this, so it's all a little bit bit new, but it's really exciting um, to be able to talk about this unprecedented time in the restaurant industry. I grew up in Waffle House. My grandfather actually uh, started the business with his business partner, Tom Fortner, back in 1955. And my dad uh, had kind of moved into uh, a leadership position and started kind of running the company by the late 70s. So by the time I was born, I was immersed into it from day one, really. A lot of great childhood memories, helping out every holiday in the restaurants. Um, A big, you know, one of our features, you know, until recently, uh, we didn't close except of course unless we had a, a remodel or a construction tear down or a disaster natural disaster for like a few days uh this has certainly been a bit different from that standpoint so um i grew up in this business i've i've you know seen it for the last 35 years uh and um but officially started coming to work here in a formal capacity about 5 years ago you know, after working in multiple other businesses and cutting my teeth on and figuring out what I really wanted to do. But it kind of called me back.
0: Very cool. Thank you for that background. Um, As you mentioned, Waffle House really doesn't close. Uh, The company has a reputation for staying open through many disasters and extreme events. Um, So with COVID-19 coming in, tell us a little bit about the company's approach to COVID-19 and how you've handled this situation a bit differently than
1: others. Sure. So for one, we actually, my my brother, who also works in the business, and I, we recently put together a video that we're going to do every week for the whole company about just kind of where we've been and where we're going. And it's amazing when you look back at what has happened, that the real we lost 80% of our revenue in 2 weeks. The descent was drastic because of course everyone just went starting around March 13th when the state of emergency was declared I believe on you know Friday the 13th it just was this domino effect of lockdowns uh from the first state in which we operate to lockdown being Ohio to the last in, in, here in Georgia those things you know we we had to respond as quickly as possible but of course that was a, a incredibly fast and so all we could really do was manage the slide we sort of thought of it like a um you know you're flying along you're in an airplane at 40,000 feet and you start descending rapidly so what we had to do was figure out how we could manage that descent level out and then start cuz if if we A big driver for us was, of course, cash and what we had on hand. And imagine cash as the the altitude of the plane. And if you run out of all your cash, you're going to hit the ground at full speed. We didn't want to hit the ground. We needed to level out before that happened, which meant we had to make difficult decisions very quickly. One thing that we have always been about, we have uh, been relatively debt-free, of course, they're, they're, you know we have payables, all those sorts of things. But we have been, as a company, we do not take on extraordinary debt. And we've had that approach since the late 70s. Our mission from the beginning of this was for the company to survive. And I think if you look at a lot of crisis management situations, it's define the mission, stick to the mission, but you have to be able to pivot every single week on kind of what the decisions are going to be. So if the mission was that the company survives and we're not going to take on a ton of debt because that actually imperils the survival long term, we have to do it with the cash we have on hand, which we've always been quite good at making sure we're financially strong and financially disciplined. So we were able to manage that slide, but that required furloughing 70% of our hourly workforce and 50% of our management and support team workforce but simply because the customer demand wasn't there we had to close over 700 units temporarily and then about 500 more were on limited hours because we had we analyzed we our analytics team here at the office has just been amazing analyzing shift by shift week by week exactly where the drains were on cash and and so that we could consolidate we leveled out we hit that leveling out, you know, you see the trees, you see the small little buildings, and you're like, Oh, we're going to crash. But we leveled out right at um, about the first week of April. And since then, we've actually been climbing. But we've been very, very cautious about making sure that we manage the climb up, which is infinitely more complicated than the way down. Because now you, of course, don't have as many extra resources. So you have to use what you've got to bring people back online. So the big overarching way that we have managed this so far and we'll continue to manage it is defining the mission and then being brutally honest but compassionate and giving people you know hope credible uh, hope. You can't be, you know, well we hope things will get back to normal. No, there there's not going to be a normal for a while, not the normal that we all knew in 2019. It's about being very – we have done weekly videos, weekly newsletters. we constantly communicating with both our furloughed and active associates. And now as we start to recall people back to work, especially our hourly workforce, where you do see some headwinds uh, in terms of um, not only, you know, people who don't have childcare because schools are still closed and daycares are still closed, you know. Right now, everyone returning to work is completely voluntary. It's a voluntary recall. But of course, we are going to have to face the fact eventually that there are people currently making more money on unemployment than, than they were and through what hours we can offer them. So we're also trying to talk to them about, hey, you know, we, we don't have the full-time schedule for you yet anyway, so you still will be able, educating people on that and how, what's best for them. But of course, Uh, managing the fact that we had associates, we have people with underlying health conditions, we have people going through cancer treatment, all of those sorts of things. And so it's a lot to manage, but we are trying to stick to what we've always stuck to, which is trying to do the most good for the most people over the longest period of time. But certainly we are every single week looking at just so many different variables on what we can do to not only raise compensation, again, for people who've been working, but bringing people back, customers are coming back. It's been really great to see. They're also happy. They've missed you. Yeah, they come, <laughs> our regulars, you know, we're at limited seating everywhere. And we have these, of course, you know, we tend to be very systems driven. We have these intense diagrams of exactly how to block off the restaurant and drop, put tape on the floor and all these different things to keep people socially distant. But I was, you know, they're, they sit down, they're so, it's so nice to sit down and eat. And um, so that's been really lovely. So we will continue to be very, very honest and transparent to give people hope. That's not a pipe dream, you know, but we are slowly gaining altitude again. And that's exciting.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, you've, you've touched on a lot of this already, but um, now that we have some of the states shifting to reopening, what are the best ways that you're supporting your workforce through this process? I know... Um, you mentioned a couple items that you're that you're doing and taking care of. Um, how are you showing them that you are on their side?
1: So there's a lot of different ways from the from the most local sort of how are you doing? How's your family? that kind of thing. But from a a big perspective, for the hourly workforce in the restaurants, we are, like I said, going through with them as we call people back to work. you know, any concerns about, their uh, child care, their health, those sorts of things, and then helping them understand that, like, we are not trying to hurt them financially, but reminding them that currently any expanded sort of benefits they were getting through all of um, the government stimulus is due to run out July 31st. So in the grand scheme of things, that's not a lot of time. And we are wanting to make sure that that goes through, uh, that they understand understand that Another thing uh, that we have seen, though, we di- we actually did a, a giant survey monkey of um, really trying to get updated contact information. When you have a workforce that went from 36,000 to 12,000 in a matter of, you know, weeks, um, there's a lot of cleanup to be done. And some people just kind of go in the wind. You don't know where they went. And that's, and that's often, you know, people go to their in-laws, they go to a different state, you know, because it's easier for them financially to shelter with family. Um, So we've been trying to get in touch with everyone, collect their most recent contact information. And we also use the opportunity to ask them, are you ready to come back to work? And actually about 80% said yes. And so we are trying to help, you know, making sure right now, like I said, is completely voluntary. Um, Any return to work is, voluntary. And we also are, of course, enforcing strict standards in the restaurants. All of our associates, regardless of the state requirement, have to wear face coverings uh, behind the counter, even though it does get very hot, I will say, (laughs) hot on the grill. Um, You know, the rules on sanitizing and washing your hands, um, before each shift, every associate is asked by the manager a series of health screening questions uh, before they can actually start the shift and go out on the floor. And then, uh, again, it's just been about communication, communication, communication. Here's what we're doing. We're not hiding anything from you. We're not. This is our strategy. This is our mission. It's to be here for you, making sure that they understand what needs to happen to even furloughs that they can stay. We aren't taking furloughed people off of our health insurance if they had a health insurance plan with us, but just making sure that they understand what they need to do to stay on it. All of these sorts of things um, have been all part of our journey.
0: That's great. I know you mentioned uh, some measures that you're taking for the safety of your staff. Um, I'm also curious what what you're doing within the restaurant to ensure the safety of your customers. I know you said about the social distancing. How exactly are you implementing that and any other any other steps to make sure that customers know that they are safe to come dine with you?
1: Uh, sure. So we um, have blocked off. In various ways, we do have slightly different – not every Waffle House, much to people's surprise is exactly laid out the same. We do have some uh, – so we have different uh, layouts based on how the restaurant looks and also based on the shift. So first shift, where we tend – which is the morning, you know, breakfast and into the early afternoon, we tend to see um, more customers as well as we have more people, more management present at different times. Um, we have different layouts in terms of what's open and what's not for second and third shift where we are open on third shift. Um, overnight was one of our concerns, of course, because overnight in normal times tends to be the most chaotic of your shifts, but with bars still closed in most places, that's been less of an issue. It's been more of our customer base that, that works at night for some other reason, um, so, like so we have booths blocked off, chairs blocked off either with signs uh with a chair with a with a bag over the chair um we have tape on the floor indicating you know where people should stand if they're waiting to pay at the register we have our waiting chairs are placed we have some inside that are placed apart, but we also have them set out outside place six feet apart. So people waiting to come in can wait outside. Instead, we have a sanitation protocol for every table after every customer that is sanitized with the bleach, chlorine uh, solution, um, full wipe down seats, table. The only uh, condiments that are left on the table right now are napkins, salt, pepper, sugar. All the other condiments we took off the tables, you have to request them and they are all sanitized after every use. We have disposable menus, or uh, we have a paper taped to the table with a QR code where people can use their phone and pull up the digital menu. Let's see. We have a critical touchpoint sanitation checklist where critical touchpoints such as door handles, you know, the cash register, drink machines, coffee pot handles uh, are sanitized every hour, on the hour. We have, for people who want to wait in their cars, we have a very high-tech system, which is that we have numbers printed on a piece of paper. And uh, when someone's order is ready, they go to the window and hold up their number <laughs> to tell them to come in to get it. Very, high- very high-tech. <laughs> I mean, this is cutting-edge technology here. So, oh, gosh, there's there's more. And I'm trying to think of all of the different things. Like I said, face coverings for everyone. In certain states, and I, uh, we are required to wrap silverware, um, we found that putting it into those little churro baggies tends to be even better because it's less time consuming. And you can fold it down and then there's no piece of the silverware that it's set that is being touched by someone. That's just the bag placed on the table. But our customers have really just been amazing. They have been so excited. To come back and eat, and we we have been busy. Like we were really seeing a lot of people coming um, coming out, but they have also been very very respectful. We really haven't seen a lot of issues with customers not following rules. I mean, we there have been some reports here and there of you know some people being a little out of line, but for the most part, everyone is. You know, people waiting for it to-go order, they just naturally are spacing themselves apart. And uh, people have been very good about waiting for, because, of course, we don't have as many tables available anyway. So people have been very patient and very understanding. Serve Safe, the leader in food safety training, brings you three new free COVID-19 precautions training videos. They cover restaurant reopening guidance, takeout, and delivery. Visit servesafe.com to start your training.
0: All right. So you talked about some of the measures um, that you're taking to ensure safe food handling and safe food serving. Um, what, what additional measures are you putting in place, and what would you recommend for other restaurants to put in place uh, to ensure that their customers know that they're safe to dine there as well?
1: Well, safe food handling is something that restaurants... We're required to do all the time anyway, um, and so I think most restaurant operators know exactly what what that is and what to do with regarding you know safe food handling itself um We're treating this as that is you know the covid nineteen precautions, like I said, all those different sanitation touch points, the different things. We have a sign that goes on on the doors, you know, that reminds customers as they're entering about the social distancing setup that we have. And to please respect it, we have that in both English and Spanish on our doors. We have, um, like I said, we are checking our associates before every shift. And we are communicating a lot of this to our customers. The big thing for us, I think, that makes our customers feel very safe is that they can see everything we're doing. And I know that that's not necessarily the case for all, for all other restaurants, but for us, that's actually proven to be an advantage. Um, we, we are not, you know, in a back room where no one can see what we're doing. We are on display and we've always known that we've always said, you know, we're here to give them a show too. That's um, an experience, but that means that one, we're going to be a lot more, open to criticism if someone even for a minute gets hot and like moves their mask down or something like that. But it means that we also are able to demonstrate what we're doing. And when customers can see that, um, we have found that, you know, that makes people, the people who are going to come out and eat with us, that makes them feel very comfortable. Now, are there people who are just not going to right now? Absolutely. And that's okay. But I think just showing the fact that we are so visible, you see the face coverings, you see the gloves, which we always, every anyone who handled food, was cooked food, wore gloves, even if not required by the health department. And you see the sanitation happening. You see all of these things. You see the, the booths blocked off and the chairs blocked off. And I think that that has gone a long way because we really have... We had a very busy mother's day, like it was it was just like that's great, you know, so I think people are are seeing that that's perfect.
0: What advice do you have for another business owner who is just feeling super overwhelmed with reopening and bringing their team back to work? What would you tell
1: them? Oh gosh let's see one what is your mission? Define your mission is your mission to you know, be here when all this is over. I'm sure most people that is their mission is is the mission to, um, you know, define what that is and define what you're willing to do for it and not willing to do for it. One thing we were not willing to do was go into massive amounts of debt, even if it meant making more painful decisions at the front end. We know that we can come back faster on on the back end. So what is your mission? What are you willing to do to accomplish that mission? What are you not willing to do to accomplish that mission? And then every, while each week or each month, the decisions you need to make are going to change and the um, exact way you approach it is going to evolve. You got to keep that top of mind. And even when it becomes tempting to do the thing you said at the beginning, you were not willing to do. Then underneath that, for us, it was keep the business alive because we know that that means we can offer people jobs. We can be here for our customers. All of those things fall under that. And then it's just about deciding which way you want to approach it. And that's where it's really helpful. It's something I've always done to manage when I feel overwhelmed is living in day tight compartments. You know, today, this is what we're accomplishing. And this is what today is going to be. And this is how today serves that mission. Tomorrow, this is what we're doing. And trying not to think too hard. Of course, you have to think, anticipate things and think towards the future, but try not to dwell on the things that you're not in charge of today. Exactly. Like the the, the future is going to be what the future is and we can plan for it and prepare for it. But if I have no ability to control what it becomes, I can't worry about that part of it. I can only worry about the part that's in front of me and that I can control. So a big thing for me being head of recruiting right now is, you know, helping our operators with the people supply we need to bring restaurants back online. There are aspects of that I can control. How we talk to people, how the systems we have for reaching out to people, how we process them back in, all of those things. But can I, I can't control That schools aren't open. I can't control that, you know, government decisions. So, trying to put those things aside because that just creates extra worry that's not helpful for anyone. So, defining what you want to do, defining are you able to do it, defining if you're willing to do what you're willing to do and not willing to do to get to where you want to go. And then, for the people you work with, if you're a business owner, being very, very honest with them about where you stand, not giving them false hope, but giving them a sense that you are hopeful, realistically hopeful about something that you hope to see happen, but making sure everyone else understands that mission. And look, despite all the communication we do, the videos that go out to furloughed associates, the all of that, does every single one understand the mission? No. Are we still getting people who complain that their hours got cut or their pay got cut? Of course we are. But can I control that? Can I control that person's feelings about this? No, I can't. I can only control what we did. And be as compassionate and transparent with those people as possible. And if they don't if if someone doesn't like it, okay. Okay, <laughs> it's, it's you know as an owner, you are never going i think most business owners they're never going to please every single person, and if you try, that is death for your your business exactly.
0: well, Lee, I think we've covered all the the big areas that I wanted to cover, so if there's anything additional that you'd like to say in closing, go ahead and do that now.
1: um well'll just thank you, everyone. Thanks for everything you're doing. You know, this is, um, I think the more we as the restaurant industry in many ways, I think, even though we are the second largest private employer in the country, the restaurant industry itself, I think we're more fragmented in terms of just how we all talk to each other than a lot of other big private employers, be it especially the ones that are in difficulty right now. So like the airlines or even the hotel industry. So I really, you know, think that there's a big place for all of us to come together in this and, and, you know, like the National Restaurant Association is really helping that because of course we all are in competition with each other too, but this is a time when, you know, restaurants are not just, and I'm talking every restaurant, I don't care what you are, drive through, uh, high-end dining, us, we, for all of human history, humans have, Wanted a place to gather and eat together and have a community, and that's what restaurants offer. Even if people are taking the food and going home, they that we are a community, and I think that we all need to remember that that at our core, what we offer people is a chance to connect to through the act of being able to eat and have community with a different group of people or food cooked for you, the idea that some other human being out there is cooking food for people they've never met. And yes, of course, they're getting paid to do it. And yes, it's a business. But that's really powerful. And I think in this time in our country, remembering that the community, the restaurant industry offers this country that offers the world um so many of people's favorite memories often involve their favorite restaurants. I think if we remember that, we remember why we're here. That's a great place to start.
0: I think that's the perfect way to close it out. Um and Lee, I want to thank you so much for your time today. Oh, you're welcome. And um just keeping Waffle House's mission going strong with, you know, honesty and compassion and like you mentioned, um transparency. So it's it's great to hear all the awesome things that you're doing um, to reopen and get things back to um, as normal as we will soon see them, hopefully, in the future. All right. Well, have a good day. And thank you again so much for your time. Thank you. You too. Thanks for joining us at Order Up, the National Restaurant Association podcast for the restaurant community. We'll update every week on Fridays. Subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform like Spotify or iTunes, or visit us at restaurant.org slash podcasts. This episode produced by Dante32.
1: Learning how to implement COVID-19 safety measure in restaurants can be challenging. Surfsafe has you covered with three new free COVID-19 precautions training videos. These videos provide guidance that restaurants need to reopen their dining rooms and describe what steps should be taken for safe delivery and takeout service. Visit servesafe.com to start your training. Again, that's servesafe.com. That's S-E-R-V-S-A-F-E dot com.